Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Paul and DJ back with you on CCO. Jordana will be back with all of us tomorrow. She's at the Mayo Clinic getting some tests done today, getting ready for her bone marrow transplant coming up the end of next month. We'll keep you posted on that. How's it going, DJ? You okay? Uh, Yeah, great. Yeah? Yeah. Now, you are going skiing this upcoming weekend <laughs> Yeah, again? Where are well, you going? Lutzen? Yeah, I discovered Lutzen. They're open weekends uh, through April. Their last scheduled day is on May 1st. I actually talked to a guy earlier this year who used to work at Lutzen. He said some of the north-facing slopes up there will have snow into June most years. And Whoa. he said when he used to work there, they'd, you know, you know, the, the lifts are long shut down by then, but they'd go out there and hike up in early June and do a little bit of skiing on some of the north face, north facing slopes. But yeah, I'm going to head up there for one, one last winter adventure on Saturday. It's a, it's a long day trip, but we're going to make it work. And, and the way you sold this to me, you're okay with the light switch spring and instead of a, a slow motion dimmer switch on off that you can you can ski and then you can what what are you doing when you get back to the uh, well then sunday is my first softball game of the season so back to back days skiing wow. and softball and here's the deal to me and and i hope more people think like this but like what are you doing outside if all you're doing is looking out the window and seeing it's not perfect and complaining about it, well, then maybe you just like complaining, and I, yeah, I have nothing else to say to you, okay? <laughs> but, it, like, if you enjoy doing things outside, then you're – like, good weather to you is, you know, the weather that allows you to do the things you want to do. And I try to enjoy things in all types of weather, and that leads to a weekend where I can drive three and a half hours north – and find some snow, and then play softball on the same weekend. I have friends who've had their kayaks out already this year. As soon as the ice is out, they jump into the kayak, and you know you don't want to go on any rough water because it's pretty cold. But you can go for a a loop around the lake in weather like this just fine. So to me, it's all about like what can you do outside and take advantage of that. So yes, I, I love the lights light switch spring because. You know, let's have winter activities. Let's be outside with snow as long as we can. And then, boom, let's go straight to softball and tennis and running and biking or whatever you want to do outside in the summer. So. I like your positivity, and I'd like to take whatever medication you're yeah. <laughs> taking uh, that leads you to these Yeah, the outdoors. Get outside. That's the medication. Get high on nature. And find something yeah. you like doing and have appropriate All clothing right. on, and, and your outlook on life is better. And, I, you know, I say that. And some days I don't believe it, but then I go outside 
and take a walk and put down my phone and I believe it all over again. Well, first of all, complaining is our national pastime. It's <laughs> not It's not baseball. Are you sure it's not just our state pastime? It's complaining. I, th- I think it's... Uh, it, it, look, it's part of the human condition, yeah. right? Yeah. We don't... We don't Take into account yeah. the 98 things in our lives that are going okay, yeah. but we fixate on those two things, yes. including the weather. Yeah. And, you know, what goes through my mind, first of all, my, my late mom used to say, why, why, why wrap yourself into a mental pretzel over things you can't change? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a waste of time. And uh, that old adage, you know, no such thing as bad weather, just inappropriate clothing choices rings true. Seattle, my kid, my oldest son, Walt, lived in Seattle, and they get 155 days a mm-hmm. year of rain. Yeah. And he yeah. goes, Dad, I got to tell you, the rain doesn't slow people down. Yeah. People are out doing things. Yeah, Even in a moderate rain where most Minnesotans would be inside or walking around with umbrellas, people are outside walking their dogs. Yeah. They do stuff in the rain. It's just, it's a coping skill. They have to. Half the year, it rains. Mm-hmm. And that same son, though, is grumbling to me. I love him dearly. But he's <laughs> like, Dad, how have you done this for 40 years? Yeah. He goes, this spring, this this sucks. And so I, what I worry about, because I think every parent is uniquely paranoid, I'm worried. We just got him back. He just moved back to Minnesota. Yep, yep. And I'm worried that at some point, would the weather be so god-awful, so crappy that he says, I'm done I'm out of here. I'm going to go to Austin or Denver or yeah. wherever. Well, and I don't think that's going to happen, Paul. And here's why. is because the older you get, and both your sons are, are in the stages of their lives where they're starting families. And they grew right? up here. And they, they, yeah, they grew up they're here. They're Minnesota kids. Yeah. But they're, you know, they're in the stage of life where it's, you know, marriage and, and you know, hopefully kids if that's what they want. Yeah. And when you're in that stage of life, look, as, as a 22-year-old, you go, oh, I'm going to move to where there's better weather, and you move across the country. And, and I got a lot of friends who've done this. And then as a 32 or a 35-year-old with a kid or two, you go, oh, boy, I, I want to move somewhere where grandma can pick up my kids after school because that matters a lot more than whether it's sleeting or not today. And that's a lesson that I've learned, and a lot of friends my age are starting to learn. And I got a friend that's next month moving back from L.A. to the Green Bay area, and it's not because they love the weather. They they, they don't love the weather. They love the L.A. weather, but grandma's in Green Bay, and that can trump a lot of things as you get into the stage of life of starting a family. They could have maybe moved grandma to L.A., you know, just found a nice condo <laughs> or a townhouse. So you could have everything. Have you seen the real estate prices That's in L.A.? True. Yeah, L.A. <laughs> grandma wouldn't want that. Why yeah. would grandma want to go to L.A.? But thank you, and yeah. thank you for talking me off the ledge. And, and, and you're right. Having that safety net, having friends and family nearby, um, can't put a price tag on that. Mm-hmm. And it trumps the weather. When we come back, Stephen Belton, Urban League Twin Cities, with some thoughts about some breaking news. He's up next. Paul Douglas back with you. DJ, hanging out. Jordana back tomorrow. According to the Star Tribune, Minneapolis police have offered city council members, Minneapolis city council members, additional security after they received an email containing a bomb threat. And the FBI is part of that as well. And I thought to myself, 
Public service is a noble endeavor, but I just can't imagine what you go through from a security standpoint, what you drag your family through. And then I thought, you know, who might have an opinion on this is uh, Stephen Belton, President CEO, Urban League Twin Cities. Stephen, welcome back. Thanks, Paul. Good to be with you. And that's quite a subject you teed up for us. Well, and and I I think of your wife, Sharon Sales Belton, former Minneapolis mayor. And I mean, does she ever come to you and say, man, I'm glad I served when I did because it's gotten worse just trying to serve the public uh, going into politics? It just seems like it's um, it's incendiary right now, right? It's it's scorched it earth. Is. It is. And uh, she's you know, we've had lots of conversations about it. She has a great deal of empathy, as do I. And uh, an admiration for uh, people who serve in this capacity. And, you know, we can all quibble and uh, even strenuously disagree with decisions that are made by at any level of government from, you know, from the, you know, from the president to U.S. presidency all the way down to the, you know, to the uh, tax and board of taxation and estimation. And so certainly city council members and mayors uh, become the lightning rod for a lot of disagreement and uh, discussion, but none of this adds up to or should add up to the kind of threats, the specific threat that uh, you were reporting um, was, you know, was, was, a, was a genuine and real threat. Somebody was uh, threatening to blow up the homes of city council members. That yeah. is just such an outrageous kind of threat, and the fact that people would have to live under those situations is just is, is untenable. I, I didn't... Uh, you know, Sharon had security when she was uh, terrific security when she was mayor. And, uh, and you know, there were often, you know, I shouldn't say often, there were occasionally there were threats that were, you know, that, you know, people took, you know, you always take these things seriously, but law enforcement was particularly interested on a few occasions, but nothing really that threatened our family. There, there was a single incident where we, I got a call when I was, uh, I was working downtown at the time practicing law and, uh, a protester had climbed a, a a cottonwood tree in our front yard and chained herself to that tree uh, in protest for something. And uh, the police security called just to alert me because uh, we had kids who were, you know, kind of latchkey were coming home from middle school at the time just to alert us. And I remember my son calling me and saying, Dad, I'm, what the heck is going on? It was more of an amusement than a feeling of threat. But there's a lady climbed a tree who's chained herself to it. The irony, and I'll stop with this, Paul, is that the tree is actually in my neighbor's yard. There's a branch. <laughs> in my so they were protesting your neighbor, not you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So note to self if you're a protester, make sure you get the get property the, line get correct. Get the address right, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, that poor cottonwood tree! And um, yeah, yep. <laughs> thank you. I, I needed that. I think we needed that. So, as you well know, uh, MPD searching for a new chief. What qualities would you like to see in the next hire? How? And to me, threading that needle has never been more precarious and yet essential than ever. How does the city of Minneapolis balance safety, keeping the peace? with fundamental reform. I mean, it goes to changing culture, and that's no easy task, right? No, it's not. But, I, you know, top of my list, if I were mayor and council, would be, you know, that, that uh, intangible but essential quality of leadership. I want somebody 
who will lead, who's willing to take a step, who's willing to take a position and build consensus around that position and lead the city forward. And that leadership is going to require somebody who has a vision, somebody who can say what, you know, fair, um, more than adequate and more than fair, but actually just equitable, responsible policing could look like. This is the vision vision for it. And then this person will go out and uh, build the support within the police community, within the pers- community of prospective police officers among constituents and uh, councilmen. You really need that intangible quality of leadership. Some of that is just charisma. Some of it, a lot of it is vision. Um, but that be, would be where I would start. And then the next thing I would do is somebody who has some management experience because you really know too often we get people who are sort of come up to the ranks who have policing experience, but they don't necessarily know how to manage a department that you know, could have as many as 800 sworn officers and all the related people who associate with that, a substantial multi-million dollar budget. We need somebody who has you know, the management chops to do that as well. So those are those are my two most important pieces. I'm, you know, community members, of course, are clamoring for someone who has a commitment to equity. I take that as a granted. Uh, whoever uh, we hire as an ex-police police chief, if they don't have that commitment to equity and justice and fairness, uh, they'll be out. So that's where I start. Okay. That, that seems more than reasonable to me. Having a vision, but also having the flexibility and knowing you're going to have to work with other people, you're going to have to roll up your sleeves, and, and your vision may change. It may pivot slightly or maybe radically based on the input yeah. of, of other people. I think that's, that's always the tricky part. And communication skills, right? Being able to yeah. communicate, sell your vision not only to officers and staff, but to residents of Minneapolis. Absolutely. That's the process of building consensus. I mean, if, if, it, if all you had to do was get to consensus, anybody could do it. The work is in building. The, it's in sharing your vision, receiving impact and feedback, uh, excuse me, input and feedback, and uh, pivoting where necessary, changing, adapting. Along the way, bringing people along so that they get to the place that you have uh, have uh, directed in your vision. And so uh, that's a leadership school quality. And it's also, while it seems intangible, uh, people ought to be able to have a record, a track record of doing that that they can point to. And I would encourage the mayor and council as they search to ask those questions, to ask for examples and to ask for references of people who can give examples of building that consensus and uh, that vision. Great advice. Curious with the mask mandates now coming off, at least for uh, for public transportation, buses, planes, trains, is is that affecting your life? Are is your behavior changing uh, in terms of your risk tolerance? Um, are are you back to twenty nineteen uh, going to restaurants or? Yeah, not quite, but I am going out more. Uh, I've actually booked my first uh, flight in uh, two years, and uh, you know I. Call me old-fashioned, but I kind of would like to see my pilots when I board the plane rather than seeing a masked man or woman behind the cockpit. I, I, I kind of am looking forward to actually being able to see them. Yeah. But in term, terms of, uh, you, know, the, you know, the elimination of the mandate, I don't know whether that's following the science or not. Uh, I'm kind of taking it like most people that uh, 
whether or not the pandemic is over, people are tired of it and they're acting as though it's over. I'm still being, uh, still wearing masks in some settings where I don't feel safe or where it's, there are too many people. Um, but for the most part, you know, I'm kind of going with the flow, Paul. Yeah, well said. You have the freedom to wear the mask, not wear the mask, whatever. Yeah. And everybody's going to come at this from a different perspective. And I think we have to give each other more space and more grace than ever. And if you choose to use a uh, a mask, uh, I'm I'm not going to ostracize you for that or uh, point out, you know, your lack of freedom um, for wearing a mask. So I I think you summed that up well, and I sure appreciate your time. And uh, things are going well, right, Steve? I mean, we're going into yeah. spring, and things are getting yeah. better. Well, if we could get. Uh, catch up with our optimism and our impatience, then we'd all be in better shape. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pleased. Things are looking forward. Things are changing. And uh, I think in some ways they're changing for the better. Stephen Belton, Urban League Twin Cities. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, make it a great week. Look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Paul. You Bye-bye. Bet. Thank you. Are you a Sammy Hagar guy? That's one of the all-time great um, songs that they played, and I believe it became famous with the Chicago Bulls when... uh, when Michael Jordan was in his prime in Chicago, that that was that became kind of the unofficial theme song for that era, where they, they all of a sudden you know the lights would go down and they, they crank that music up, and everybody was at fever pitch. Were you, there, Paul? You were in Chicago. Were you there when Jordan was there, or, or did you miss him? It may have been the one good thing that happened. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. While we were in Chicago, <laughs> getting to see Michael Jordan uh, live. Uh, I had a dear friend down there who somehow got great tickets, and uh, my my boys, my two boys, got to see MJ fly, and uh, that was that was a highlight. That in the, the food. United, the old United Center, the old United Center, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the um, I had a chance to do three different times do one-on-one interviews with Michael Jordan, and uh, I consider myself lucky. The, the The second two times were through Trent Tucker, and he was in town for something, and we did long one-on-one interviews, and I got lots of content from that that I still cite today. The first time that I interviewed him, he had come to the Met Center. They were playing an exhibition game before the Timberwolves were in existence, so they were trying to, to prime the pump for, hey, the NBA is coming, and, and the Chicago Bulls were playing, I, I forget who, at the Met Center in a preseason game in October. We get a call from WBBM, 
you know, this is a television talk now, but uh, the CBS affiliate there, yeah. they said, you know, uh, Michael Jordan and Doug Collins, the coach, had a fight in practice, and, and Jordan either got kicked out or walked out of practice. We really need you guys to go out there and see if you can get an interview with him um, because it's big news in Chicago before the game. They, so, so I was like the intern, right? So they... Hey, kid, <laughs> go out there and get an interview with Jordan about why he got in a fight with a coach. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> so Thanks. I walk in that locker room, and, and, and Artis Gilmore was playing for him at that time, I remember. And, I mean, this is the first time I've been in an NBA locker room. They are huge, uh, the players that, you know, and I hadn't grown accustomed to it because we hadn't had an NBA team here yet. And Michael Jordan is standing up uh, against his locker. He's got headphones on, and I think he's in street clothes still. And, and my job is to tap him on the shoulder and tell him I want to do an interview about this. And, and, and I did. And he took the headphones off and he said, yeah, sure, we can do that. And we did an interview about, you know, was he mad at the coach? Was he not mad at the coach? Oh, it was just a thing. It was no big deal, blah, 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 blah. And he he couldn't have been more gracious at that time. I think he was in, you know, maybe a second or third year uh, in the league at that time because he, he kind of came on and uh, and he had that remarkable series against Boston his first year and, and got everybody watching him. And, and I just remember going out there the first time and my first real um, – uh, close contact to the NBA, and I just remember how big those players were and how yep. gracious Michael Jordan was. Yeah, he 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 was and is in a different league. And uh, say what you will about him, and you know, off the court, what you do is your business. On the court, I I, I just I've never seen anybody like him yeah. in terms of what he can do athletically. I have to tell you a quick, real quick story about Chicago. My yeah, my oldest son Walt. Uh, played basketball, and he came to me one day, and he goes, Dad, he goes, I, I just had a really bad game. I go, well, tell me about it. He goes, well, I had to cover this this kid, and he just ran circles around me. He was two feet taller than me, maybe three feet taller than me. <laughs> yeah. He was, like, just on a different planet. Yeah. And and he said, uh, I think he's the son of of this guy uh, by the name of Scotty Pippen. Really? And so, yeah, my, my my son trying to defend Scotty Pippen's so, son. So he he was head to head with Pippen's son, huh? Yeah, and the genes were there. The, <laughs> yeah, on both sides, huh? Walt did not get. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, on both sides. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, Walt. You know, this is part of life. You find out what yeah. you're good at. You know, I'm, I give you credit for trying for trying to keep up with him. But yeah, he mopped the floor with Walt uh, and. Uh, you know, now you, I, you got me. I'll give you one other Michael Jordan story. There's a okay. guy. No, he, he's out there. No, Jordan's going to make his comeback. Remember, he retires and he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. So he starts playing at the local health club to get in shape before he joins the team. And and a guy that I know is, starts playing pickup games with him on a regular basis at, at noon hour. And so uh, somebody decides that hey, I don't care if it's Jordan or whoever. Uh, a foul is a foul, you know. So he calls a foul on Jordan that Jordan didn't think he committed. And as the story goes, as it was transferred to me, Jordan says, that was not a foul. And then he goes, boom, and he hits him right in the chest. And he says, that's a foul. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, that's legendary status stuff, you know. What What is the ESPN special? I, I watched it. I can't remember. Last the name. Dance. Last Dance, yeah. yeah. It won all the awards, yeah. Just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so, Grizzlies game number two here in the playoff. Uh, the Grizzlies, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm wrong a lot. The best offensive rebounding team in the NBA. That could be. I'm not sure their stats. I just know they're a pretty good team. They're number two seed. You yeah. know, that, that doesn't happen by accident in the Western Conference. And so, 
they can play and they can get out and go. And uh, they, you know, they did not defend the Timberwolves very well early in that game. So my guess is they're going to take some chances and try to um, oh, push around Carl Anthony Towns, do some things early in the game uh, to to get the Wolves off kilter, to get to get Anthony Edwards out of rhythm, so that it doesn't become uh, you know a forty point first quarter like it did the other day or something like that. That's the first thing you look for in a game two like this, because what happens is Memphis will adjust. The Timberwolves won't adjust as much because what they used worked. So Memphis will look at everything that they use that worked and they'll say, how do we negate that? And and they'll do some things, and I think physically more than anything else, to try to play with, to, to slow down Minnesota uh, in the paint, all those things. Don't let Edwards get this. And, and, and then they'll, they'll figure out how to isolate John Morant more uh, and give him as many opportunities as they can because they'll live or die with him now. Got it. So a pregame seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, yeah. Seven thirty is the uh, tip the tip off, yep. and we you have an extra uh, yeah, sports well, to the to max. Seven will kind of right? set the tone. Kevin Lynch will be with me. Okay. I had Pooh Richardson on last night. He had some really interesting insight. Uh, uh, you know, the first first round pick of the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, out of UCLA. About and he, and he watches the team closely. He was here during the winter. Watches all the teams closely, and he had some interesting thoughts on what Patrick Beverly has done for Carl Anthony Towns' career specifically uh, in terms of. Hmm. Uh, um, uh, kind of lighting the fire and, and allowing Towns to be the alpha. And and so we'll play some of that for you as well, as well as take some phone calls and, and a whole bunch more. The dynamic between Cat and Anthony Edwards is interesting, right? They they really make each other better. I, I think so. And then Beverly, of course, is the X Factor that comes in and says, you know, one of those classic role players that says, I don't care that I'm not the best player. I'm still going to challenge the best players. Uh, to make them better, and and uh, that's why they gave him another year in the contract because I think he was successful in doing that to Edwards to Towns. I don't think Edwards needs a lot. I think I think he truly believes uh, that he's the best de- deal, uh, best player on the on the team a lot of times, the best player on the floor a lot of times, and so I, I don't think he needs a lot of motivation. Yeah, Maxie, stick around when we come back. Uh, the Twins playing the Royals tonight on our sister station, the Wolf 102.9. I want to talk Twins, want to talk Wild, and whatever else is on your mind with the one and only Mike Max next. So, of course, you can listen to the Wolves right here on CCO this evening. If you want to listen to the Royals, you can tune over to the Wolf 102.9, our sister station. And both games are on the Odyssey app. Mike Max joining us, uh, an extra dose of Mikey today. Let's talk about uh, the Twins and uh, and the Royals in Kansas City. Okay, what um, what are you looking for with this game, and what if anything has exceeded your expectation? Uh, the first few uh, victories here with the Twins. It, it's been the opposite of what everybody expected. They, they've pitched well and haven't hit well. Uh, it's just been crazy. Now, now they hit well yesterday. Uh, Polanco had four RBI. They had eight runs. A garlic hit a home run. Uh, and they hit well on Friday. In between, but in general, there have been a lot of bad at bats. A lot, a lot of a lot of at bats. They look like they've given up. You know, where hmm. where Sano just doesn't give them a chance or put the ball in play. Um, the same with Carlos Correa. You know, he had a couple hits yesterday, but he's he's had a lot of strikeouts so far. Uh, but the pitching has been really good. Dylan Bundy was really good yesterday. Uh, Joe Ryan was really good on Friday, uh, and then and that takes us to tonight. Uh, with Chris Archer getting the game ball, yeah. and he was really good last week in his debut. And this is a big comeback for him. You know, they, they he he was 
out of baseball and he he, he put himself on his own program in the off season. Uh, he found major league players that he could pitch to uh, so that he could try to get up to the major league standard that he thought he needed. He started getting up around 95 miles an hour in velocity. Uh, he threw one game in spring training. And, and I, I tell you, I was not all that impressed when I was watching that day for a few innings. And then I talked to the Twins people, and, and they were very impressed because they said his velocity was good and he, and he was hitting the spots. Mm. My, my point being that, that sometimes... Uh, if you're on the outside looking in, you just read the box score and, and you don't see what they're looking for. Then he came out and threw well last week, you know, and I'm not saying he's going to be back to the Cy Young form, um, but it was encouraging. He, he was very emotional last week. He was jumping around on the mound and doing some different things. Uh, that would have been, you know, both those things I think have uh, – um, both have surprised me. And then, you know, we're still waiting. I haven't looked at the lineup today, but uh, Byron Buxton, who they hadn't put on the IR as of yet, but, I mean, he's missed now, um, what is it, really four games, I guess, all four mm-hmm. games with Boston because uh, he was the first batter in that game on Friday afternoon. And, and we haven't seen uh, him come back yet, so we got to wait and see on that. But, obviously, you always hold your breath with Buxton, and, the, yep. and this has been his M.O., unfortunately, is a lot of time on the injured list. Hey Maxie, uh, with the wild clinching is is and they're by the way they're playing Montreal tonight, uh, six o'clock. Um, is that going to impact who they play uh, these remaining games? Well, be, or I mean, they want the home series. They want more home series advantages, right? That that's all that's left to play for, which right. you know, which is significant. It's not, but it's not insignificant. But it's also you know, in hockey, I think it means less than anything else because it's it's so razor thin between these teams, and you know, a, a, a puck goes off a skate and you win the game. It, it, it's much more based on uh, some of that, I think, than other things. But that being said, that you know, you got something to play for, and specifically for them, it's, it's St. Louis. You know, it's a series everybody's looking at, saying if they play St. Louis, who's going to get home ice now you do want to though you, you want to go in there and, and and you want to try some different things here the last uh, week and a half two weeks whatever it is and and, and play some you know different people tonight uh, felino's out um and uh and, and with covid and so they get a chance to bring up a kid from uh, iowa and give him a shot uh in general they've been healthy and these lines have been healthy uh and of course um uh that that has been integral to their success is is that the lines have been healthy and and, and people have been healthy and so they, they've done a good job of managing this team to the finish line and, and now you really have a uh, I think a luxury in that in that you can toy around with a few different things mm-hmm. uh, and still play for that, that that home ice but you but you don't have to you know it, it's not that big a deal if you don't get it got it. Maxie, I, I appreciate you, and I appreciate those MJ stories. I had no idea. You've rubbed shoulders with some uh, some big shots. Well, one day I'll tell you his golden rule, what he learned from his parents as a kid, because it's, it's stuck with me ever since I talked to him. Yeah. All right. Let's save that for a rainy day. Rainy day. You got it. Thank you, sir. We'll be listening at 6 o'clock for an extra dose of sports to the max. Thanks, Mike. You bet. Thanks, Paul. You bet. So when we come back, the mask mandate too soon, too late, don't care, not going to affect you in any way. Curious to get your take on that and uh, some of the other things that made us do a triple take. Thanks for tuning in on CCO. Stick around. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.